Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but a disconnect from our inner being and soul wisdom. Today I welcome David Richards, a decorated Marine Corps officer and author of The Lighthouse Keeper, a story of Mind Master, whose main character, Sam, in the story, finds ways and transformational tools to manifest the life he truly wants and leaves behind the life he was currently living. Hello, David, and thank you for joining us to share Sam's journey as a lighthouse keeper's apprentice, finding adventures he could have never have imagined, and the changes that are possible when we engage life in a creative fashion, as you have done your whole life also. So, uh, Well, Cheryl, thank you so much. It is a pleasure to speak with you. I'm really excited to, uh, to be here today. Great. David, as listeners of Healing From Within are well aware, my intuitive and bold authors and guests and I share intimate stories and insights into life as it really is, exposing who we are and how this life enables us to remember much as we wade through the challenges presented by the physical world, especially today. Nowadays, it's... <laughs> quite interesting, and find ways to create life as we wish it to be, and not merely accept the mindset of others, which can limit, restrict, or create fear and pain. We seek ways to understand life as energetic souls, and also physical beings, living in this duality that must be merged for best results. In today's episode of Healing from Within... David Richards has written a fictional tale of a young man who knows how the life he's currently living ends, and it isn't the life or the ending he wants. He makes a conscious choice to try his hand as a lighthouse keeper's apprentice, as the life of a lighthouse keeper promises responsibility as well as adventure, and also offers transformational tools which can be practiced in in everyday life to improve himself and the conditions he is dealing with. Uh, David, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person or a place or an event that may have signaled to them or maybe others around them, the interests and lifestyle they might pursue as an adult. For in the heart and mind of the child is already the life plan and destiny they will find unfolding. So think back. Yeah, uh, wow. That's a great question, Cheryl. I, you know, the funny thing is growing up, so I grew up in the military as well as being a Marine officer for 15 years, and we moved around so much that I didn't, I, had, I would have childhood friends for two or three years and then they'd be gone and never see you one another again, you know, usually. Um, one of my first friends, and this is a, a civilian friend because most of the time I lived on a military base and we lived out in town for four years when I was uh, from kindergarten through third grade. And there was a girl up the street named Joan and she was, she just became my best friend and she was so 
innocent and good natured and we just had the best time. And I think I remember celebrating the 4th of July once with her family in their backyard and she had two older brothers. I had an older brother and just, it was, it was kind of this perfect moment of just like, it was beautiful. It wasn't like we were two, we were just kids. And so there was nothing else to it, but I remember just feeling how precious a moment it was to really, and I can certainly even feel that going back to that moment. And I think I took away with that just this idea that there is a deep love in the world for all of us to discover. That is really beautiful and and wonderful. And the reason you probably had so many friends was because you had a big purpose in life, to write a book like this so that people could understand uh, that we're creating from our thoughts and our heart the love that's in the world. And when it's not, we don't have this innocence as this young girl had and good-naturedness, it gets lost and we have to retrieve it again. So you already knew what was important to you and you were lucky enough to find a friend, Joan, who had that qualities that you that that you that were within you, and also that you knew to be the reality of what we're searching for in this life. You know, goodness, health, prosperity, goodwill to men, <laughs> to all. You know. Well, I, I and I love I love what you said earlier, right? And I was reflecting on this yesterday. So I, I teach yoga. I got out of the Marine Corps and became a yoga instructor, among other things. Um, but I was reflecting on this yesterday, and I realized that, you, I mean, Gandhi was right. You really do need to embody the change that you want to be or see in the world. And if you want to improve every relationship in your life, treat the people you come in contact with with, with kindness, regardless of their station, regardless if it's someone who is getting a smoothie from you, you know, for you at your local smoothie shop, or it's your best friend, or it's a family member. But if you see the highest virtue in yourself reflected in someone else, you are always going to create healthy and beautiful relationships. Exactly right. That is the truth. Now, tell us why you decided to write a fictional tale of transformation and life-changing situations. It's, it's, it's not what I expected to write. I will say that. Uh, I fell in love with writing. So my first inspiration for writing was probably comic books because that was <laughs> something I could take with me as we moved. And so like Captain America, the Avengers, and the X-Men, and all that stuff, I was really, I was really big into that. And when I was in high school, I got uh, national recognition for a short story I wrote. But I was, this is small town America. I grew up on a military base on the coast of North Carolina. This was way well before the internet came along. And I just, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't, I certainly didn't have the, the confidence when I was in high school to think that I could be a writer professionally. And, um, and so I joined, I went to college knowing that I was going to join the military because the military paid for half of my college. And so even though I was an English major, I kind of put it on hold. I got into writing poetry, uh, because I had a Marine, a boss of mine who painted and had paintings in his office, which I found sort of unusual in the Marine Corps because you didn't see that a lot. And so I started writing poetry again in early 2000, uh, but kind of put it off. And then I got out of the Marines in 2005, wanted to write horror stories because I loved Stephen King growing up. 
And for some reason, I just, I would get 100 pages into a story, and I did this three times with three different stories, and I just lose interest in it. I was like, that's not it, that's not it. And uh, finally, in 2016, I read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, and in that book, in his first or second chapter, he asks you, the reader, what is your purpose in life? And I was blown away by that question. Mm. Oh my gosh, my life has a purpose? <laughs> what? That's crazy talk. Like That's a big that. question. <laughs> it is. It is. So, and But it, it, it was this revelation for me. And so I wrote down a purpose statement for my life. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to write a book on helping people find their purpose in life. And so I wrote my first book, Whiskey and Yoga, in 2017. And in that, I came up but something I shared with my yoga classes was this idea of your mind is an ocean and that's where all your memories are. Everyone you've ever met, there's a recollection of them in your mind in the ocean and your awareness or where you place your attention is a lighthouse. And most of us are certainly me as I was growing up, create patterns and habits in our lives and call them routines or we do things to simplify them so we don't have to think about them. And as a result, we create this pattern of the lighthouse going around a certain direction in the ocean. Well, if you want to really take control of your life and design your life, then through the practice of willpower and focus and meditation, you can begin to break those patterns and habits and start focusing the lighthouse in the parts of your mind where you want it to go. And when you can kind of take control of your awareness, you can take control of your life. And so that was born in Whiskey and Yoga in 2017. And then uh, in 2000, early 2019, I got the inspiration to put it all together in a book, and, uh, and that's what became Blight Housekeeper. Well, I think, David, uh, what you've written about Sam, the main character in the story, reflects the need of all of us to learn more about ourselves in order to follow our inner soul guidance and create the life we truly want to live or were born to live. I believe we come in with a life plan and we, all the people we meet, nothing is random. Everything has purpose. And as our life unfolds, we begin to know just the things you have been talking about here, what's really important. And it's not about where we live, you know, or how long we live there, or even how long our life is. People are very concerned about that. We came in with a mission. I'm sure as a soldier you had, as a military man, you had missions to complete, right? Absolutely. And, and that's what our life is. And it's about our soul remembering who we are and discovering the beauty of ourselves and others and this life as a miracle. And you write this uh, also about finding purpose. Uh, you write, his father was late getting back from town, but having sold all the eggs, called the day a success. Sam had spent the afternoon finishing his chores and then stayed outside drawing trees and birds and occasionally pulling out his ball cup game. Now as they ate, Sam wrestled with his thoughts. Something on your mind, his father asked, in between bites of food? Sam pushed his fork around his plate, plowing indifferently through his mashed potatoes. Before he spoke, he felt the tremble in his throat rise. I don't want this. It's what's for supper. Sam pushed his plate away from him. No, not this. I, I want to leave. Leave here. Find my own way. His father stopped eating and set his fork on the plate. What about the farm? I need you here. 
But you don't need me. You just need a body. You can find someone local to help out. It was a truth, neither damning nor invigorating, but like a truth once spoken, it cannot be taken back. So Sam's father responded, I'm surprised it's taken you this long. His father said without turning back to look at him, I figured you'd have gotten sick of this place two seasons ago, was surprised when you stayed on. Happy, of course, but surprised. Sam looked at his father, then looked away. He had been wanting to leave, had played out the conversation in his head so many times, but always met resistance. Now, that's a good word, resistance. And also, I don't think there's anyone listening to this show who has not had something that they wanted to say to someone close to them uh, that would change their lives and were afraid to do it because they didn't want to hurt them. And change is very hard to do for most of us. So it really, Cheryl, there's a great truth no, in that paragraph. <laughs> no, I think, would you please read my Audible book? Because that was awesome. I loved it. Um, it's, it's so true. And, and honestly, in, and obviously in many ways, Sam is a reflection of me in that I grew up and I, I knew nothing else besides the military. Literally, I knew the military. We moved around. I lived in Japan as a kid, and very few Americans had the opportunity to say that in the 1970s or 80s. And that had a huge influence on me. And that's what got me into meditation. That's what got me into yoga. But at the same time, I knew my dad had been successful by spending half his life in the military and that's kind of what I was thinking to do and then I became disenchanted you know back in 2006 and 2005 and was like I, I there's something else and I want to see what the rest well, of the world looks like that you did the mil you did the military but it wasn't where you I were did. supposed to stay forever and ever nothing's forever and ever we keep evolving and moving and changing and actually yep. you had a great life in the military getting to Japan living and meeting so many different people it made you oh. who you are today and you really are I'm going to say this as a great compliment of a Truvian man you know, oh, like thank you so much, Cheryl. Interested in many no, different I... things, and it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what family we're born into. What's in our soul will emerge. The gifts of spirit will come out, and and this book is the perfect example of it. And you are the perfect example of it. So let's go on to. This is an interesting question. It doesn't have to do with the book so much, but this changing times now in 2021, uh, explosive changes, and the opportunities that will bring uh, are some of them predictable and some of them not predictable. So what do you think about the last two years we've been living through uh, in the world, in the United States and in the world, with COVID well, and with so much change economically and socially it's it's what you said at the outset cheryl and it's it's this grand spiritual awakening there, there is no other way that i can process certainly what's happened in my own personal experience over the past two years or so but just globally that is the perspective and this huge shift is going on and the one thing that i would say that i've come to realize about my own journey is you can't hate the experiences that brought you to where you are. And so you have to kind of do that. And that kind of speaks to that going internally and doing all that work. And when I look at the, the feeds I follow on social media, 
you know, the last 18 months or so have been, everyone goes through a dark night of the soul, you'll get through it, and you see this out there, and you're like, that's kind of what this feels like. <laughs> yeah, I think but the whole I mean, world, <laughs> we're all going through the dark well, and, night of the soul right now, right? But and good, that's, and that's good the, is going to come kind of from it. the beautiful it. part, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the beautiful part, right, is because there is this awakening. And I remember when I started doing PR for the Lighthouse Keeper back in early 2020, kind of right as this was taking off, like there, there wasn't as much spiritual focus as I believe there is now. And, and I, I see the cause and effect because the best part of my life has been doing the work that I've done over the last 18 months and kind of embodying this, okay, let's get inside, let's learn all the lessons from my experiences so that I can kind of collect myself and bring myself fully into the present moment. And that has been such a rewarding journey, but it's also very difficult because there's not a lot of, I would say, especially I think for men, my observation, men get uncomfortable when you start talking about having an inner dialogue or kind of doing internal work. And and that's a journey that a lot of men have to take, but I think in some you, sense my perception or my hallucination is... You know, David, you know, David... Uh, I've interviewed over 700 guests, authors, most of them authors, and I would say half of them are men. I would say the last 20 years, uh, since social media, media and, you know, all this technology, there has been a big burst of interest in all these spiritual matters and I guess that's part of the divine plan there's a personal plan for each of us there's also a universal plan so yes it, it is happening and your book yes. and your ideas and your life and mine are part of this search I was also in my earlier days I loved writing when I was uh, in high school but I didn't think I'd be a writer. I didn't think I could earn a living that way. So I went into teaching. And in your book, you said, the father says to you that you can't earn a living as a writer. And there I was. I always say I have synchronicity with my wonderful guests. And uh, I was the same way. And then when the the thought was already there, when I thought I wrote a poem when I was younger, and I say, this feels good to express this. It's coming from, I don't know, It's not. it doesn't even seem like it's coming from my mind. It must be coming from another part of me. But I wasn't that spiritual and I wasn't religious, but yet I was sensitive, a sensitive mm -hmm. being. And I was born to do exactly what we're doing here, talk about these things as you and I are doing. And... Uh, so it's there. It only has to have the right time to unfold. And then the choice is ours, whether to embrace it or whether to go a different direction. And we do have free will. And, you know, that's part of our soul life. And it's a wonderful thing. It doesn't matter. Everyone's having a spiritual journey, whether they know it or not. <laughs> we are spirit having a physical life. So they may not know it and they may not act the way you and I act as spiritual beings but they're still having a spiritual journey here to find out more about themselves and to gain more love and greater compassion so however we look at people we should see it that way see them that way 
and find something of goodness in them, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And that's what I think your life has allowed you to do, and your book shows that also. So let's get on to what are some of the transformational tools found in the story, and how can they be used and practiced in real life? I know you. De- Sam describes ways uh, he learned to use his time while at the lighthouse. Uh, he wasn't afraid of solitude or spending time by himself or writing poems or stories of faraway imagined lands. And these are all part of the way writing, music, solitude, being in the silence that we find who we really are and find personal growth. So what else, what are the valuable insights have you gleaned in order to write this story and become the man you are today? The first thing that comes to mind is meditation. And for me, I started my meditation journey probably when I was 12 or 13. And that really? Was, again, Ooh, wow. I, well, because that was, I, so we moved from Japan when I was 13, and I had just being exposed and immersed in Japanese culture for three years had this huge influence. And so I started reading books on Shambhala, and my friends would be going out to football games on Friday nights, and I would be sitting in my family living room with like a sword or a book or something to focus on in front of me to meditate and uh and so obviously now there's tons of meditation apps there's guided meditations but getting to a place where you can silence or quiet the mind and and just kind of be is tremendously powerful the other piece that's been really empowering for me has been journaling and if you want to get intimate with yourself don't get a Mac or a computer, but get a pen and paper and start having a conversation with yourself. And you'll find that for me has been fantastic just in terms of explaining things and understanding things and just sometimes getting out on paper and then looking at it like, where did that even come from? Obviously it came from somewhere inside me. Yes. The other thing is getting really getting clear on what you want. If you don't have a sense of what you want, I like to say to people that you can't be a passenger on a cruise ship and complain when the captain changes destination. If you want to take charge of your life, then you need to be at the helm of your own ship. And that's kind of how the lighthouse keeper ends with Sam at the helm of the ship, even though it's the, the ship that brought him to the lighthouse. But, but the idea of being your own helms person and owning the ship and navigating the storms of life yourself that is tremendously powerful because that's ultimately where you're going to learn the skills to survive and not only survive, but thrive and create the life that you really want. Yeah, you know, you just answered the next question I was going to ask you. Tell us one of the stories in the book that is most moving for you. And you just told them. But I want to tell the story that I liked that you wrote. Dave, okay. David tells us how Sam has a waking vision or as mediums have messages in dreams or when awake from spiritual guidance and you wrote, something by the desk flashed again, and this time he was able to center his attention on the area of the flash, but could see no objects. It flashed again. Sam saw himself. He looked a little older than he presently was, and smiled in a childish, pained way at the fitful patchwork beard his older self was trying to grow. There was a young woman with him, Though her features were unclear to him, he was tripping over himself with excitement, walking in front of her, darting from side to side, hands gesturing wildly as he talked. 
Sam could make out none of the words his older self was speaking, but understood the scene readily enough. The young woman was hesitant, but attentive. She followed him with her eyes. What color were they? He insisted to no avail, and frequently her gaze lingered long enough where she would catch herself. She would then gracefully look down on the path they walked. He thought her hair blonde, but the vision was unclear. It fanned coolly off her shoulders like curtains stirred by an evening, evening breeze. She did her best to measure her smiles so as not to convey enjoying his company too much. For his part, Sam sensed his older self in love. So beautifully written. Now, I'm a medium. I get visions like this. And you were saying you had this vision. So I I know people do get visions of the past, the present, and the future. And it's coming from within, but it's also coming from our universal connection to the divine universal source, God, spirit, whatever you consider it to be but it's within us and around us we're part of it and it's part of us that's who we are so I love that story thank you so much and you read it so beautifully so thank you for that and it's it's so true and when I kind of when I look around over the course of the last two years what's happened it really is incredible at the same time I have begun to see life with such clarity and I know my personal connection with people has been deeply enhanced because what I'm finding is I am more present with people through everything that's going on with the pandemic. And when you're more present with people, you can serve them better. And ultimately, that's really the secret to life is serving others to their fulfillment. And then ultimately, you get fulfilled as well. So it's exciting because we're coming into a phase where there are going to be more people who are kind of awakened than not. And when that shift happens, the world is really going to transform. That's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, it is going to be an exciting time to be alive. And I was told recently by a medium that the souls were fighting upstairs that wanted to come into life at this difficult time. In other words, a lot of the children being born are going to be part of this change and going to help find solutions to many of the problems that we're um, focused on right now. So I think that's a beautiful thought, don't you? They're actually fighting to get born and be here at this time. This is a (laughs) wonderful time to be alive, even though it's so challenging. Yeah. So I want to thank you, David Richards, for sharing a most courageous story, both of yourself and your main character, Sam, in The Lighthouse Keeper. As like each of us, we all move through life experiences with certain questions in mind. Who are we? Where do we come from? What is life really all about? And if we are lucky, aware, and insightful, we find our answers which can help us move past the chaos, ultimately to allow, accept, and surrender to all things without judgment, become more of who we have always been, our soul essence, and to mature so we may move past fear and limitations to know love, compassion, and peace, which is our natural birthright. To read this revealing and beautifully written story, an insightful story of Sam, go to davidrichardsauthor.com. In summarizing today's episode, David Richards, author of The Lighthouse Keeper, and I 
have discussed the fictional tale of a young man, Sam, who you now know seeks to know who he is, and we all seek to know that, and to find a path to a life of adventure, creativity, and sensitivity, and to become the best version of himself. Sam has found the courage to leave his father's house, and we must all find the courage to move past any restriction and fear and find the best in our lives also. David shares a story of how Sam begins to realize his dreams could materialize, and he didn't have to listen to the negative attitudes of others, but needed the courage to pursue what interests him most. And Sam tells us he poured himself a cup of water and drifted back to what he had seen yesterday beyond the reef. The pages in the water, an image of the woman, his family, his book, it excited him, awakened something inside that he had put to rest in recent years. He had set aside any dreams of writing when he left school. It simply hadn't seemed realistic, a realistic way of making a living, not when so many of his classmates were pursuing what he thought of as real, and his father had deterred him also. He remembered in particular a conversation he and his father had shared while working on the fence line of their property. Writing Sam had offered, fighting off the urge not to curse as the wire chewed into his dry fingers. I like it. I like telling stories. His father had chuckled. What's funny, Sam asked. He could see a blossom of blood open on, the in, on his index finger. The people who write are professional writers, his father huffed. They have a gift and honed their craft. Sam released the wire. He looked at his father. A wound opened somewhere inside him, not unlike his cracked fingers. It too bled. It was something he couldn't verbalize and nothing he could point to, but it was there, bleeding, and there that had been that. The idea had been shelved. Uh, David and I would have you remember that the thoughts we focus on and intentions we set and the dreams we seek to make real are truly possible. And keep trying, for it is in, if it's in your plan and destiny, no setback will stop it from finally happening in the right time and best way to support your soul journey and refine your spirit and you will be filled with greater love and compassion for yourself and others. It is not in the doing, but becoming and being that we discover the truth about our eternal selves. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and author of a trilogy, Life is No Coincidence, The Living Spirit, and the newest book, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening. And I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to learn more about the true nature of life energy and to listen to leaders in the metaphysical, spiritual, scientific, educational, medical, and arts and music share stories of finding out the truth of improving life both personally and collectively. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.